Hello, this is Danielle Savory. You're listening to It's My Pleasure, episode number 125. In order for a woman to fully step into her power, it is essential to incorporate her pleasure, sexual, and beyond. In this podcast, I will teach you how to use your mind, tap into your body, and take action to creating the most orgasmic life. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Oh my goodness. I am so happy to be back with you all and be recording this podcast again. It's been a minute (laughs) or maybe a few months, six months, eight months. I just appreciate all of your love and your support these last few months have been a little challenging for me. And it was really important for me to take a few things off of my plate and step aside and get back into my body and reacquaint myself and take care of some personal things, both in my external world, but also in my internal world. As you know, I'm always encouraging you all to really do what you need to do to take care of you. And that isn't always easy, whether it's because you have a family or you have you know work obligations or job obligations or you run a business. It can be really, really scary taking time to do what's necessary to be able to show up as your most healthiest, fullest self. And it wasn't easy for me to put this podcast aside. And I am so happy (laughs) that I did because I feel so reinvigorated and re-inspired. I've been doing a lot of diving back deep into the somatics of my work, working deeply with my clients, with my own learning, and I have so much to share with you all (laughs) going forward. I've also just been rethinking not just this podcast and how I want to talk about our relationship to our bodies and our sexuality and being these beautiful turned on human beings, but also how I want to help people. And as a result of that, I've created some new offerings. Uh, There's going to be a bunch of just short, uh, you know, really digestible courses coming out in the next few months. Uh, I now have a new membership called the Turned On Woman, and it's so amazing. And that just got started a couple months ago, but that has all of my guided practices and meditations and just such a beautiful, juicy community of women that are really trying to see what else is possible with their pleasure. And I'm so excited because it's June, right? It's summertime. Things are heating up. Oh my goodness. I live in Portland. It has been like the wettest spring on record. I don't even know what the rainfall is. And you know, I don't really complain about the weather, but holy moly, it has been a long run. As I look out the window right now, it's raining, but I can't complain because we had sun yesterday and two days before that. So I'm just taking every little morsel of sun, but I am so excited for the summer and to feel warm again in my body and to get outside and to be on the trails, not with all of my rain gear on. But I'm also just excited for summer because inside the Turned On Woman, I am doing a 12-week special called Summer Loving. And we're going to be focusing on three things, Uh, body loving. So really just feeling alive in your skin, whether it's in your swimsuit or 
or <laughs> in the sheets or dancing around in your house, whatever it may be, as you know, the way that you relate and inhabit your body is going to have such an influence on your sexual relationships and really all of your relationships. Uh, fun loving is the other thing, just creating more playfulness and fun in your life. And then partner loving, really juicing up that deep connection with your partner, spicing it up in the bedroom, creating more intimacy. So summer loving, it is coming. It jumps off next week. And if you're interested, all you need to do is become a member of the Turned On Woman and you'll get access to the weekly challenges, all of the guided practices, all of the resources and the videos I've recorded. Plus we are doing a bunch of fun, wild woman workshops in there for everything from spicing it up from like oral sex to enjoying it, to tips and tools about it, to sensual dancing and lap dances. Like it's just going to be a fun summer. So get your sexy booty in there. um, And you can find out, of course, more later in the show notes and check that out. Uh, And also I've reopened my one-on-one. So that's been really fun reconnecting with some clients on a more personal level and being able to guide and coach them. And I'm also entertaining and been playing with writing a book. This is something that's been on my mind for years. And now I'm starting to take action towards actually doing it. So a lot of fun things in the work, in the world of It's My Pleasure and Danielle Say every business, but just me personally. And I just feel so inspired, so grateful, and I'm just happy to be back. Okay, so let's dive into today's topic. I really wanted to go a little bit deeper with what I mean by the mind-body connection when it comes to our pleasure. Because I think that there's a lot of little bits and pieces that we get out there. And I wanted to break it down a little bit more with a deeper understanding of what's going on in our body. As we have talked a lot about, if you listen to season one at all, is this idea of mindset. And mindset, the way that I like to think of it, or you could think of it as thought work is a part of mindset or like a subset of mindset, where we're paying attention to what's going on in our brain. So what is our conscious brain thinking? What are some of the sentences going on in our brain? What are some of the belief systems that we're entertaining, the stories that we're telling ourselves? Sometimes you'll hear it called like, what is the narrative that you're leaning into? All of this, what it really means is what is happening in our brain as far as language is concerned that's impacting how we feel. We can think of like the outside world is going on. And then if we take it, if we're interpreting it through our senses, usually through our eyes or our ears or something like that, then we are going to decide maybe how we feel about those situations, what's going on out there, how we think about them. And that's going to then influence how we feel. Like today, if I look outside and it's raining and I have been drowning in the rain, that my thought might be like, oh, really? Like this again? My body like immediately collapsed. (laughs) 
It was like I was like a paper lantern that just got squished, right? Versus maybe if I lived in California and there's been a drought or a lot of wildfires and it's raining outside, I'm like, hallelujah, here's the rain. So it's our perspective. It's the way that we're interpreting the world. And then we're thinking that that's going to impact how we feel. Those feelings are going to be translated into sensations in your body. Your body is going to take a shape. It is going to be feeling a certain way. And because we're emotional beings, then we show up in the world as that person, right? This happens all the time with our sexual relationships. If we have a partner who might initiate sex, depending on what our thought is like, oh my goodness, that's the last thing that I want. Or uh, this, you know, they always just want sex for me. Maybe if I was appreciated, then, then I would want it more, right? Or, oh my goodness, like I haven't felt them look at me this way. Or, oh my goodness, like I have a partner who's still really into me after 10 years. Like this is amazing that we have this kind of relationship. Depending on how you're thinking, that is totally going to to change then how you feel in your body and what you do next, right? The action you take next, the behavior of possibly leaning in and planting a big sloppy juicy kiss and taking your leg and just wrapping it around your person or crossing your arms and sitting down and being like, fine, it's Ozark again. And maybe if you clean the kitchen, I'll consider it, right? (laughs) Two totally different scenarios. But the lesser thing that we talk about is how the body can influence the mind. We have to remember that we're a whole system here. There's this whole loop going on. And depending on how you feel in your body is also going to influence your mind. So let's say we've talked about the stress cycle in here, but let's say that you've had a really hard day, that you, you know, have been put under a lot of pressure, some things didn't go your way, and you're feeling a lot of tension in your body. You might not even know why, but you're just like, oh, it's like one of those days in the end of the day, you're feeling tension. Maybe you're feeling a little fatigue. You're feeling a little worn out. Now, and then your partner asks, <laughs> initiates, we'll use the same example, initiates some sexy time or some cuddle time or some kissy time, and your body is feeling this way, you're, then you're, you're going to probably be like, no, but also because you feel all tense already, maybe you don't even have a thought. Maybe it's not even like, no, that's not what I'm interested in. You just notice this tension in your body. You notice your body already folding in. And then because you feel that way, because you don't feel open to the gestures, you might entertain the story there must be something wrong with me. I'm never really that into it. Why am I always so tired? Right? So the way that we feel in our body can influence then how we're thinking. It can actually fuel a story that we're already entertaining. It can fuel a belief and like validate that belief. Like, see, you aren't really into it. See, you never really want it even though it's just a sensation that is going on in our body. The other thing that I want you to remember about the way that our body feels, 
So there's one thing like stress, like that is like when you're in a stress cycle, there is a very uh, distinct series of events that happen depending on that stress that are going to show up. Because you're in the sympathetic nervous system, there is going to be certain things that aren't really happening, like your digestion, blood flow to your genitals, (laughs) you know, just like feeling really calm and at ease. Like you're going to be hyper. You're going to have tension in your body. You're going to not have blood flow to particular areas. Like that is just a fact, a fact of how our nervous system works. But we also have other things that are stored in our body. We have traumatic situations, big T traumas and little T traumas that add up along the way. And those past experiences and even not past traumatic experiences are going to be stored in the body. We can have generational traumas that are stored in the body, not to mention the fact that we have what's called mirror neurons and we're going to pick up on other people. We're going to pick up on their feelings. We're going to pick up on their responses. So it might not even be this conscious way that you're thinking or believing, but your body is just going to feel this way. Imagine if somebody walks in, for instance, like walks into your house and they're just so like down, like they've just had the hardest day and you can just see it in their body and the way that they walk in, you might not even have any kind of conscious thought about what's going on with them. And you might just notice your body immediately kind of folding in just like this other person. Or if somebody's really angry, you might notice that you also are getting really tense. You could either get on the defense because you're feeling this, this anger and this, um, and, or it could be a protection, or you could also feel angry. There's a lot of things that could happen in your body and the way that your body is feeling feeling is going to influence the next thoughts that you have, is going to influence how you're thinking. So we're really working. The mind-body connection is a cycle. The mind is going to influence the body and the body will influence the mind. Now, why is this important? Well, it's important for a lot of different reasons, but when we're thinking about really experiencing more pleasure and opening ourselves up to sexual experiences that we really want to have deeper connection, intimacy with our partner, it's important to understand that we as human beings are habitual creatures. We are habitual creatures both in our minds and in our bodies. So when we have developed belief systems, when we have thoughts, when we've believed certain things about ourselves or about sex in general or what's shameful, or maybe you have grew up with belief systems around masturbation or touching yourself or sex before marriage or what a marriage is supposed to look like, right? We have all of these beliefs and thoughts. These are the ways that we identify with ourselves personally or in in relation. And all of these become habitual mental events. I really like to think of them as habitual mental events because once we have thought something for a few times, the brain's like, oh yeah, I know what's going on here because the brain is concerned about reserving energy, right? Learning 
And learning is like, we don't have to go through the whole process. We can just jump to the conclusion. (laughs) So it likes to jump to the conclusion. And so it's just going to identify with a certain situation how we've always identified. This becomes the path of least resistance. This really is the brain helping us learn and helping us survive. So for instance, if you see your naked body, you might have developed a habitual mental event of self-criticism or self-judgment or even shame, right? Some sort of belief that makes you feel shame about your naked body. So then when you keep seeing your naked body, it's almost like it's not even a choice. The brain just jumps to this conclusion. It's going to immediately jump to the beliefs and the thoughts that you've always had about what it's perceiving through this naked lens. This is why even if you have worked really hard of changing your body shape or doing something, you think that you're going to just feel better when you get to this point. And what you'll notice (laughs) is you don't, only because it's become a habitual mental event that when you look at your naked body, this is what I'm supposed to believe about myself. This is the action I start taking, criticizing, judging, nitpicking. This is the kind of feeling I have shame, embarrassment, self-criticism, right? So you just will jump to these mental events without even having this conscious awareness of what's going on. Now, the body also goes into habit. The body is going to remember shapes. It remembers responses, and it will also act in certain ways before we even have any awareness of a thought or a belief causing it. So For an example, let's say that you have an injury or something that has been operated on, or (laughs) like I remember, let's let's use this example. Uh, This isn't even an injury, but when I gave birth to my second, my boobs were so uncomfortable. They were engorged with milk. (laughs) The other mamas out there might be able to relate. They were engorged with milk. They were so tender. My nipples were so raw. They hurt like crazy. It was just not a fun situation. So because they were so painful, any movement towards my boobs, my body would start guarding itself. It'd be like, oh, like putting a hand up or caving in or trying to cover myself or trying to protect myself. My body created a habitual response of guarding because I had associated touch with pain. Whether this was touch from my toddler or my newborn baby and I was going in for feeding, I really had to like work with that guarding response because it was there and also I had to feed my kiddo. Or if it was coming from my husband thinking that my boobs look great because they did and he wanted to play with them himself, right? So there is these things going on and you'll just notice your body was like in this habitual response. My boobs stopped hurting as they do as your body you know, acclimates to being a producer of milk. And as my nipples stopped getting raw because my kid had tongue tied and we fixed that. And so they weren't raw anymore. But what I noticed was my body still kept responding as if they did hurt. I still kept trying to pull back. My shoulders even habitually just found a new round shape where I was rounding in and holding and protecting 
my breasts, from touch, from what my brain had perceived as being an action that could create pain. Okay, so this is a habitual response of the body. You might also notice things like when you're naked, (laughs) you might cover in, right? This might be like it remembers the shape of shame. If you were used to growing up and you didn't want anybody to see you, whether it was in the locker room or you were told there was something going on with your naked body and you were, you know, embarrassed of it, you might have created like, oh, I have to hurry and cover up. You know, I don't want to be seen. This, my body is shameful. And so even now, even if maybe you've worked through some thoughts and beliefs around not feeling shame with your body, you still might notice you habitually grab for the covers or you really quickly grab for the towel after you get out of the shower to cover yourself up. These are things that the body is just doing almost out of reflex because of what it's learned along the way. So what do we do about this? First, I think that it's so amazing to just notice, right? That us as human beings, again, are habitual creatures. We really do want to form habits. This has been for our survival. It's been for our energy conservation. It's been for us to be able to continue to learn. Can you imagine if you keep having to learn to tie your shoes, for instance? It's like we don't have to think through the process. You just tie your shoes, right? We don't have to think through the process of maybe driving a particular route or how to chop an onion. There's all these things that it's important for our body to learn these motions. It's important for our brain to remember and to learn certain thoughts and beliefs so that we don't have to go through all of the effort of relearning something every single time we're presented. Can you imagine? We would be exhausted. We wouldn't get anything done. So the habitual responses, the habitual mental patterns, and the habitual way that your body might move or take shape is in service for you. That being said, when it comes to really seeing what's possible with your pleasure, deepening that connection, like opening up and just feeling alive and vibrant in your sexual relationships, but just in the world, it is vital that we pay attention to these habitual responses, both of mind and both of body, and ask ourselves is this actually leading to? the outcome that I want? Is this actually how I want to be thinking? Is it how I want my body to react? And we can start playing. Now, a lot of times in the world of mindset, in the world of thought work, we go straight for the mind. Okay, let's pay attention to what's going on. And as coaches, we do this a lot. Like, what's going on in your brain? Like, what are the some of the sentences that you're having in your brain that's creating this grabbing for the towel, right? Or that's creating you covering your breast up, right? So we ask these kind of questions like, what might be going on in your brain that's creating that? But I also want to offer that you can just go straight to the body and help decide ahead of time how it would feel as a habitual response in your body to just move differently, to take on a different shape. If you're used to feeling a lot of self-criticism 
and a lot of self-doubt. And you notice the shape that your body takes when you're feeling doubtful and critical of yourself is to cover up, is to roll in, is to make yourself smaller. You can also help to train your mind by taking on the shape of what would it feel like to feel confident in my skin? How would I hold myself if I felt really good in this body? Even imagine right now as you're listening to my words, if you felt incredible in your body, if you didn't feel the shame maybe that you learned when you were growing up, if you felt so beautiful and goddess-like and amazing in the skin you're in, how might you orient yourself differently? What shape might you take? And then we can use this shape as a way to remind our body, oh yeah, these are the beliefs I'm working on now, that I love this body that I'm in, or that I'm learning to love this body that I'm in. So really what you're doing, the first step is just noticing, right? Increasing your awareness around the habitual responses, both of your mind, what it is you're thinking, and of your body. Because sometimes, like I used with my breast example, or even the covering up, I wasn't consciously thinking like, oh God, it's going to hurt when he grabs my boob. It's just something that started happening. My body just started guarding itself. So it was important for me to start to find ways when it wasn't actually hurting anymore, a shape that (laughs) sounds kind of weird, made my boobs available. No, but it was just not guarding. It was softening into it. It was like, oh yeah, they're fine. They're okay. But when I took on that shape, when I allowed my chest to be open, when I brought my shoulders back, I would use that motion, that movement of my body as a reminder to my brain that being touched doesn't create pain, that being touched doesn't hurt any longer. So you can create these shapes in your body to also remind yourself of what it is you're working on with your beliefs. The thing that I also really want to point out when it's coming to noticing the habitual reactions, right? There's so much that we can do. (laughs) We'll keep talking about this. This is what I work with you on inside of the Turned On Woman, or if you're one of my one-on-one clients, is not only just noticing the habitual responses of the mind and the body, but noticing it with non-judgmental awareness. Because it's really, really easy for us to notice a habit of our mind and be like, oh my God, really? Like, really, Danielle? You're really being self-conscious of your body? You're 40 years old. You've been with the same person for almost 20 years. Why are you covering up? Why do you feel this way? And I could go down the whole route of being really critical and being really annoyed that my brain is still feeling self-conscious of my body. We're not trying to do that, okay? (laughs) You are noticing, you're bringing awareness without the entourage of your reaction to the thought or to the shape of your body. So when you're practicing your awareness, when you're practicing your noticing of the brain, of your body, please, please, please first just practice being a safe space holder for the noticing because we can't really do anything with the noticing or we just make it that much worse when we react to it. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. What's wrong with you? You're trying to be thinking this anymore. (laughs) 
That's when we kind of just like shut ourselves down even more, gaslight our whole experience, shame ourselves for not having the right beliefs, the right thoughts, the right shapes of our body. Just knock it off. Okay. Knocking off in the kindest way that I could say out of love, this is where you start. Really creating that non-judgmental awareness, letting your observer be the most compassionate, loving, accepting version of yourself. So when you're developing this awareness, when you're really paying attention to these habits, please, please, please pay attention to how you're noticing them. And really ask yourself, am I reacting to even the noticing of the habit and practice just there? Because that is the place where we have so much more opportunity for change. Awareness creates opportunity for change. Non-judgmental awareness creates opportunity for the kind of change that we want to have. Okay, that's the mind-body connection. That's the deeper dive that I wanted to take with you all today. Have a lovely week and can't wait to talk with you next week. Bye. Bye.